obedient, my little deviant. Together we will find the right ingredient. We will serve a goo that is the horror soup. And the last thing you will find is the spaghetti hoop. There's eyes and flies and anything that dies. There's a nasty surprise in every paint a picture for you guys you are made of a material a good material that doesn't smell so good if it catches fire you're rolling down this road you don't know where you're gonna go you take a sharp left turn and oh what's that it's a rat and what do you do boom the, the rat's gone and then you keep rolling you're rolling down you're rolling down what's that oh it's a human boom dead you're gone and you're rolling you're all you take a right turn then you take another left and then you go straight and then you travel down for at least three miles and then you're face to face with the one who's gonna we're covering rubber today guys rubber rubber some might say that it keeps rolling 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 Yeah, so we're talking about Rubber from 2010. Um, this movie had a $800,000 budget. It made about um, it, it made nothing. It it lost about $120,000, um, and that's worldwide box office. Not even just in the U.S. That's worldwide. Yeah, uh, the numbers the numbers aren't great, which is unfortunate. I don't know that I will speak great of it, but it's good. Oh. I have things to say about rubber. You best believe. Okay, I guess it seems like you enjoyed this a little more than I did. I enjoyed it, but it also, like, I mean, there's a lot of, there's at least 15 solid minutes of just something with wheels rolling down the road, and then just, like, heads, ex- <laughs> like, the heads exploding on scorpions and tarantulas and, like, crows and rabbits um it's filled with a lot of that which kind of bumps my rating down a fair amount which is strange because considering what i would know about you i would think that would bump the rating up well i mean maybe like for the most part but it kind of just got slow at times where like it was fun when the music was playing and they were rolling i'm there but when the music is like kind of faint or not <laughs> as there i'm not, i'm it's this i'm the same i'm not as there I will say that I think that this this is not your kind of movie. This is it, it. I feel like it puts itself in the same universe in a way as like a Thanks Killing or um, even Lamageddon. Like it, it's like oh, a tire becomes sentient and has telepathic powers and makes things explode. Like it seems like it's going to be that kind of B movie, which it is budget wise i would say it's not not that but also it is something very very different and i think that it is a weirdly like smart like academic look at art which is not what you would think that this movie is going to be well yeah i will say that it is like a very art house kind of thing right it is. It doesn't. It sounds like it's going to be like cheap drive in trash, but then somehow it has this weird meta narrative about what is a movie and does a movie exist because it has an audience? Can a movie not be a film? And then also just this weird meta narrative of there are characters in this movie who are aware that it's not real life. I didn't expect this movie to be meta, and it's weird because I've seen this movie before, but I haven't seen it since, like, middle school. I showed you Teeth a while ago for the first time, and I want to show you this because I feel like it's very... Not in the same vein of Teeth, but when Teeth was really big, because I think, if I remember right, Teeth was 2008, and this was 2010, Mm -hmm. but Teeth started getting, like, big in my... uh, 
my group of people, like pretty much just everyone in middle school is always talking about teeth and rubber. Like these were the two biggest horror movies, just like word of mouth wise <laughs> in my community. Right, right. Yeah. Which, I mean, there wasn't a lot of great horror movies coming out at that time either. And so it really no. became limited, uh, especially to, you know, kids who don't have a lot of their own disposable income. It kind of becomes limited to what you can get on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, like, it's like, oh, teeth and rubber, like, the same reason why Hush, Hush is a great movie, but if it wasn't the only good horror movie on Netflix for, like, four years, probably no one would have seen it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, and that's how it goes with a lot of these things. It's why, like, it's why I watched Orphan probably about 50 times when um, (laughs) I was, like, 15, 14, or some shit like that. It was just, I had a DVD, it was also on Netflix, there wasn't much that, there there weren't many good things around, or actually not Orphan, I watched Orphan many times, but The Unborn is the one that I watched the more. Unborn, I watched Orphan yeah. like 20 times, I watched The Unborn easily 30, 40 times. <laughs> and, so, and I know, here's the thing, I don't even like it. I don't like The Unborn. I've never seen it, but I've never had any desire to either. It looks terrible. It's like, okay, it's a it's a two and a half star movie. Like, it's just, <laughs> it exists, but it's like, it's not that great. The only reason I watched it so much is because everything else was worse. Well, you liked it better than Lost Boys, so I guess that's something. Dude, I would watch The Unborn a million times before I ever watched Lost Boys again. I have no interest <laughs> in, I, I actually have no interest in ever watching Lost Boys again. That's great. Uh, but no, I think you're right that there's there's something weirdly art house and smart about rubber, and that's just not what I was expecting at all. Yeah, it's a really clever movie. It's almost like... That's the word. That's the word. Maybe smart and academic is not the word. Maybe clever is the word. Like, it is a absurdly clever movie. Like, so much so it's like, how did you make a movie about a tire, but actually make it this clever? Like, it's it's kind of an impressive feat. Well, I mean, you know a movie's going to be good when there's, like, some fucking nerd standing in a random open dirt field and a car drives up just knocking over dinner chairs. That's how you start off every good movie. And it also, like, lightly tapped those dinner chairs, and they got absolute—they got mutilated. <laughs> they clearly, like, like took all the screws out of the chairs so that, like, the lightest touch would just, like, make them, like, fall to pieces. I loved it. And the chairs were a really good opening, too, because like you said, like, it's a very meta movie. It has an actual audience that's here, but, like, you don't expect any of that, and you're you're watching this movie, you see these chairs getting knocked over, you're like, okay, why are these chairs even here? Why is there one guy just standing here, and then some guy <laughs> driving up awkwardly, just breaking every chair in sight? And then you find out that these were, like, chairs that the studio audience was supposed to sit in. Well, then some motherfucker just rolls out of the trunk and starts talking to you like he's Rod Serling in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> In the Steven Spielberg movie, E.T., why is the alien brown? No reason. In the excellent Chainsaw Massacre by Toby Hooper, why don't we ever see the characters go to the bathroom or wash their hands? No reason. I could go on for hours. All films contain an element of no reason. (laughs) It's great. It's great. He delivers it great. That's another thing that I I feel like we already need to bring up is I feel like the performances in this movie are just they're hitting above their weight class to me in a way that I'm just like, y'all didn't have to try that hard for rubber. But they did, didn't they? They did. And like, I feel like they they took the whole goddamn thing so serious, and I'm impressed by it. I mean, I think you just said this a second ago. Maybe I just brought this up. I think you said this a second. It's all very Twilight Zone. It is, which I love. The whole world is Twilight Zone. This fucking cop is Rod Serling, but blonde for no reason. <laughs> Because no reason. Because no reason. And then the tire arises for no reason. You kind of just like see it laying in the sand. The dirt starts trembling and it slowly just arises and gets on its feet. And then it takes its first steps, rolls. And then it hesitates to take its next few steps because it uh, it sees a, uh, a mere water bottle. And it's like, oh, what is this guy? It's faced with temptation. And then it's like, what do I do? And then he runs over it and you realize this guy's learning. Yeah, it's like, oh, I met, I met resistance. And then it's like, oh, there is no resistance for me. My entire existence does not have resistance. When I meet resistance, I just push harder. And I win. And that's what he does when he sees the scorpion, too. Like, oh, ho, ho. 
I would say that's what he continues to do the entire movie. I, should we should we personify it as a him? Should we gender the tire? I feel like that's something we're not supposed to do, right? I felt a male presence with this tire. Maybe it's just because it's so fucking toxic. Yeah, ex- no, that's what I'm talking about. There's just so much unnecessary destruction and harm being caused. Yeah. I feel like it's a man. It's true. There's no way that it's a female. That's You, you have a point. <laughs> I don't roll with that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this whole movie, the tire is just rolling around over scorpions, over tarantulas. It blew up a rabbit, blew up a fucking bird. It's just, like, blowing the heads off of everything it comes by. Yeah, all the explosions. It's great. I think Ready or Not stole some stuff from this movie. <laughs> yeah, I could get that. There's there's so many head explosions in this, it would make uh, David Cronenberg uh, blush a little bit, I think. I don't know if this is the highest because there are some movies where I was like, there's too many kills to just count, but this is definitely right. one of the highest uh, kill counts that we've done on the show. Yeah, it's right up there with uh, World War Z. Oh, yeah, it's way up there. Dude, I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. There was 30 fucking kills in this thing. <laughs> And I mean, to be fair, a a lot of them were people just like falling over or getting poisoned or just seeing them laying on the ground with no head. Yeah, you probably saw 12 headless corpses. Yeah, there was so many headless corpses just laying around. But you know what? We saw probably at least like actual head, like at least like 10 actual head explosions. For sure. Yeah. There were just people blowing up everywhere. So pretty much like we said the whole plot of this is that it's a really meta thing where the movie is the tire coming to life there's like 12 people laying around watching the movie they're actually just standing in the dirt with binoculars watching the movie and they actually let me know pretty early on that the tire has the ability to blow things up with its mind i mean i would have figured that out within like the next five minutes when it blew up like 10 more things but early on it (laughs) comes face to face with a glass bottle and it tries to run over and it can't break it and then it just kind of looks at it it like wiggles a little bit and then the glass bottle blows up and they're like whoa it blew it up with its mind yeah the the audience in this is is kind of great because they're sort of being us, and in a way, I did feel a little camaraderie with some of the audience members because that's the way that I like to watch movies. And then every time that like one of the audience members would be like, "Would well, you guys shut the fuck up so we can watch the movie?" I'm like, "Yeah, you. That's why I don't go to fucking theaters anymore because people like you, asshole." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it even just reminds me of like, you know, sitting around with a bunch of friends when you're the friend that's like, oh, what the fuck is happening there? And they're like, dude, shut up. And I'm like, no, you learn how to watch a movie, right? I'm always that friend. That's why I always host the movie movie nights. You have to come to my house. Yeah, exactly. Tell me, hey, shut the fuck up, watch movies. You could shut the fuck up and leave. I would never tell the tire to leave because that tire, um, it really knows its way around town. It knows it's discovering its way. That's I think that it's a great example. This tire is a great example of of storytelling in a way that we see it at its inception, its beginning of life, and we watch it as it progresses through childhood and into what it will one day become. And it does find a way somehow to even reproduce. I do think that this was probably one of the most entertaining coming of age movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I feel like we're <laughs> we're saying a lot of strange things, uh, especially for people who haven't seen the movie. But I really do think that this is this is sort of a an interesting movie to talk about because I I think that it it does make me want to talk about these types of things and not just like oh yeah we saw a head explode because like there were head explosions and there were some really good head explosions, but the movie is more than that somehow i i find it strange that i'm saying it but somehow this movie about an evil tire who might not even be evil we don't even really know his his motivations uh that's a good point but somehow this has a lot to say you know that's a really good point though (laughs) what do we think that the tire's motivations are and like does it know that it's harming people or is it just rolling around it's like these things keep looking at me weird i just found out that i have this weird little power where i could get things to shut up maybe it's just rolling around it's just like stop talking to me yeah i mean wasn't that that's what uh the i I don't know i don't know any of the characters names really i don't think they really had names i don't know a single character's name (laughs) the nerdy guy on the bicycle 
who goes out there like at one point he's like telling the story about like how he went on like a fucking like hike or something with his brother his brother like hurt himself really bad and he was like screaming he's like and then i did it i did it i just i just lifted the rock above my head and i slammed it down just to get him to stop making noise and like <laughs> i was like i was like man that's fucking dark but also like i kind of understand that mental state like in a way like i would never do that to a person at least i'd hope that i never would but like i can i can understand like the it's almost like a trauma response of just like how do i make this sound stop happening well the easiest way to make your brother stop screaming from a broken leg is just smashing his head in and i could see i could see it i understand well james do we think that the tire is actually just going through postpartum depression and it just looks at everything as a baby and it's just like i gotta shake this baby (laughs) maybe (laughs) it's possible because i mean the tire like okay okay let's put this into a perspective you just had a baby you have postpartum depression okay a life was just born you're going through some shit in his life a life was just born but the life was him but he is not a baby he has the thoughts of a of an adult human so he's going through postpartum depression from his own birth well, fuck, I don't know if either of us are qualified to talk about it. <laughs> hey, man, this guy was born at least, like, seven times. All babies deserve to get born. That's true. Yes. <laughs> All baby babies have fingernails. Stop quoting Juno. <laughs> That's because it has Elliot Page in it, and we were going to watch a different Elliot Page movie, and then we watched Rubber instead. <laughs> You know, we went through a lot of different moods with this one. We went from we went from um, super. Uh, no, we went from Planet Terror to Super with Rain Wilson, Elliot Page, and then we went to um, Killer Sofa. And people are gonna be really pissed that I even mentioned that, and we're not covering it right now. But I don't fucking care. Um, but and then we went to the Rugrats movie, and then I was like, wait, where the where the what direction is this going in? We can't do the Rugrats movie. Where right are now. we? I will say I there's no way Killer Sofa's better than Rubber. I actually uh I've I did rate it lower, so I mean I guess I can't say that it's better after I know that I rate it lower. <laughs> Here's the thing though, how come every time that me and you start talking, we start talk I don't know why we have horror movie podcasts. I genuinely do not know why we have horror movie podcasts and not just movie podcasts because there are so many times when we start talking about doing a horror movie and we're like I don't want to watch a horror movie. I want to watch fucking Rugrats. To an extent, it's because we do horror movie podcasts. Uh, I mean, I will say that especially when I was doing episodes every single week, which obviously you usually have to do more than one horror movie episode a week. uh, And I got to the point where like I was watching so much for podcasting that like I didn't really watch horror movies when I wasn't going to cover like them leisurely. I was like oh that's just a waste. Yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't as fun to watch them leisurely and then also I felt like I was like wasting like viewing it because like oh if I don't watch it now I can just watch it for an episode later and it's like being more efficient with my time or something. And that's the really weird thing about having a horror podcast is that like and I I'm going to speak for both of us right now because I know we both feel the same way like we both have such a undying love for horror movies and so we started these horror podcasts and we watch them all the time but now it really is that thing where every time I watch a horror movie and I'm not like writing notes or getting ready to talk about it or something like that I'm like wow like I could have watched that movie and I could have put that toward my horror podcast so now legitimately like you just said I'm just repeating what you said but I don't watch horror movies in leisure that much anymore because I'm like no I need to save this to talk about it and then every time like if I'm in a mood where I really want to watch a horror movie and I'm just like like leisurely like I still then it goes to the point where I'm like okay I'm gonna watch this leisurely but I still need to write notes down or do something and then talk about it yeah, no, I totally get it. Uh, in my in my leisure time, all that I watch now, at least in this season, is uh, X Files and Star Trek: The Next Generation. Just like keep jumping back and forth. Let's see, what am I watching? All I watch is South Park. Period. That's just all you watch ever. No, so there's more. There's South Park, iCarly, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Um, and then right now, like right now specifically, I've been watching every Quentin Tarantino movie. Dude, fucking iCarly is way funnier than it should be. iCarly's a funny fucking show. It's so good. 
<laughs> I mean, I watched iCarly when it was on TV. I was I was out of high school. Like I was a fucking adult, and I was like, nah, dude, this kid show is fucking hilarious. Dude, it's so fucking good. <laughs> it's just like I mean, it's just Drake and Josh 2.0, but with girls and a webcam. That's true. And Drake and Josh was just Keenan and Kel 2.0. Exactly. <laughs> it's 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 just these like fucking comedy duo shows. Nickelodeon knows how to do the comedy duo really well. So back to um, rubber. Anyway, we have more head explosions. Uh, pretty much the tire just kind of coasts by. It listens to some romantic music, which I will say, every shot of the tire just kind of like coasting down the sand, listening to like really cool music. I was like, this is a whole vibe, dude. It really is. It, it's it's kind of Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez esque. Like it really reminds me of of their style. I think they capture it really well. Yeah, I mean, the way that they shoot the scenes, the way the music plays, and it kind of, like, cuts in and out with what's happening with the tire. Like, it's weird that this yeah. this tire was so incredibly expressive. It's kind of insane. <laughs> like, I always knew what mood this tire was in. <laughs> also, just watching this tire roam the desert the way that it does with like the music and shit and then occasionally encountering like violence really made me want to play a fallout game like it's been a long time like i really want to like replay new vegas or something that sounds great (laughs) well especially when he like pulled up right to the scorpion it's like okay new boss fight yeah (laughs) he has so much emotion because he's rolling down you know he kills someone but then he gets a little tired and he like he'll roll up to a motel, he'll stop to like, you know, watch some TV for a little while, maybe have a drink, like <laughs> take a bath. And we see that, we see that progress as well. The first time we see him fall asleep, he just like gets exhausted and falls over. Like and then later on, like, yeah, he's he's learning to be civilized. <laughs> Yeah, dude, he's like oh, just a real working man doing his thing. He gets exhausted and and goes home and winds down, not home, but goes to a hotel and winds down for the evening. Like, <laughs> Dude, he even goes to his hotel to wind down and then gets thrown out of his hotel. Yeah. Dude, the skid marks in the bed. <laughs> really fucking funny. He even has a point, like, he progresses so much that there's one point where he's starting to be a creeper, and he's, like, spying on some chick getting into the shower, and then it's so funny, too, because it shows her ass, and then we go back to the audience, and then they're, like, they start talking about this girl's ass and discussing it, like, as you would, like, in a horror movie, like, oh, she has a nice butt, she has a, right. ah, whatever, and then some other old lady hops in, she's like, her ass isn't that great, but she sure has a nice rack on her. <laughs> and I guess I actually thought about this whenever I said, uh, I'm not sure what gender the tire is. Then I was like, ah, no, if it was a woman tire, it probably wouldn't have been this fucking creepy. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I actually didn't even think about that. But yeah, this is definitely a man tire. Like, even if it was a woman, well, a woman, <laughs> what the woman. fuck am I saying? Even if it was a, a woman lesbian tire, it definitely would not have been this creepy. Wait. James, what was up with the turkey? I know there was, I know what was up with the turkey, but what was up with the turkey? I thought that guy was going to fuck that turkey. (laughs) I swore he was ready to fuck the turkey. I'm still not convinced that he didn't fuck the turkey before he cooked it. Well, dude, he's hanging out in a motel just casually with this turkey. It's not like strapped up. It's not doing a, I don't know if you strap turkeys, but like it's not strapped up and he's just sitting there like in his underwear having a conversation with this turkey. And I'm like, nah, dude, you're fucking that thing. I mean, I I 100% thought he was going to fuck the turkey. It blew my mind that he did. Apparently the turkey was part of this master plot to, to cook this, make this turkey and then put some poison in it and then have all of the audience members savagely eat that turkey. Why did they eat that turkey like that? Because they they were starving. They haven't eaten in like two days. What do you mean two days? Did they fast before this? Didn't they show up to that scene like an hour ago? No, they slept. This is They, they didn't get the turkey at oh. least until after they woke up the next day. Wait, I forgot that they fell asleep and woke up the next day. Why did they fall asleep and wake up the next day? How long is this movie? They're still watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't even like pick up on that really. Why is this movie this long? I, and, I'm, I'm not, and for the audience list, for like my audience listening, not for the audience in this movie. <laughs> I know this is getting confusing. Yeah, I'm not saying that the movie is very long. The movie's like an hour fifteen minutes, but this movie within a movie is apparently three days long. Maybe it is because maybe that's supposed to like simulate like falling asleep during a movie. 
I mean, okay. you, you can relate to that. If they're trying to do that, then I'm fully on board with what's happening. I know exactly <laughs> what they're talking about. Because it doesn't really seem like a whole lot progresses after the audience falls asleep either. Like, every, like the world kind of pauses, you know? And they're even doing that thing, like, in the beginning, like, that very meta thing where they're like, hey, hey, uh, you know, I know it's really slow right now, but just wait a little bit. This is boring. No, it's it's going to pick up, I promise. And who was that pizza boy? Pizza boy? Oh, shit. I forgot. I don't know who he was delivering to or where he came from, but at some random point in the movie, some pizza guy walks up to some roadkill in the street and puts on the pizza. He's like, there's your pizza topping for you. <laughs> He's not a pizza boy. Who the fuck he's was just he? a boy and it, he's his he was just he was the the kid he's the son of that that guy and the he, bald he guy. told the dick dad yeah the the bald dick dad and he told his son to go get pizza and don't forget to ask for double toppings this time and that was the double toppings yeah he added some some burden trails well you know what dude fuck that guy like oh no that guy's a dick I think his, like, wife's head exploded or something, or someone at the motel he was staying at, their head exploded, so the cop shows up, and then he's, like, he starts talking about, like, don't you think it's strange that we can't see the air around us, which is, like, the second or third time he said it, and then he's talking (laughs) to this fucking guy, and he's just like, hey, so you know what happened to Maribel or whatever, and he's like, yeah, well, I don't know, and he's like, you're a little, uh, jumpy there, you're kind of being a dick to your son, the guy's like, not usually, and then he's like, and take your fucking tire with you, and he, like, chucks it across the motel. <laughs> that guy's a fucking asshole. Why do you think your kid has a tire? Why do you think your kid owns that tire? Well, he had already, he had already, like, his kid had already started saying, like, oh, I think the tire's alive, Dad. And his dad's like, stop being a fucking retard. Go get me a pizza. That's like that whole fucking dick dad thing where, like, you know, you mentioned something's, um, like, a miss like kind of weird something strange is going on you're like oh dude that tire over there was being weird or like oh you know that thing over there was looking it's like i saw something through the window and it's like take your fucking window with you like just because you mentioned that something is going on and it's strange they're like whatever you say tire boy away from me (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) like dude it's just like every dick dad 101 like okay you own this now and take it with you piece of shit yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. My fucking dad got mad at me for like my grades once, and then he like came into my room while I'm watching TV, and he grabs my rem- remote and he's like, "And you know what? Fuck your remote!" And he threw it into my closet, and like literally, I had to take my remote out of my closet door because there was just a remote, like it, like literally got stuck in my closet. It was just poking out of my remote, and then for the rest of my life after that, I just had a giant hole in my closet from where my dad chucked my remote. And it was like, this was when remotes were like, you know, older and weirder. Like, they weren't like those, like, long, skinny rectangle remotes. It's like a fucking, it looks like a dildo, basically. You know, one of those, like, rounder kind of remotes. So I just had a legit just whole, like, remote-shaped, dildo-shaped hole in my closet. Yeah, and everybody just thought you fucked your door. And then some be- sometimes people would be like, oh, so what happened to that hole over there? You punch a hole in your closet? I'm like, uh, no, my father's a psychopath and he like, he grabbed my remote and he wanted to chuck it at me, but instead he chucked at the closet like a good man. <laughs> and, now, and now I fuck the door hole sometimes. Yeah, and now every once in a while I'll get a little magazine clipping, I'll cut a hole out of the mouth and I'll just oh, ride God. it downtown. <laughs> but like, here's the thing though, guys, don't, don't do that because you'll get paper cuts paper cuts maybe even splinters well if you're doing it i don't think everyone has the exact same i'm just talking about the magazine thing on its own you'll get paper cuts you know all about dick slices <sighs> look it, it really wasn't that bad i've been getting messages about this because of and i've i've been getting messages specifically specifically about this not just because of what happened but specifically because of your reaction to what happened and your reaction to the picture i think you made it seem a lot worse than it is or was Oh, no, it was fucking bad, my guy. James, that was like last week. I can show you my dick right now, and you literally, you there's not even a mark or anything. Okay, well, there's a little mark, but like there's not really like anything on it. Like it healed in literally, literally the next day. I was fine. I don't, no, 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 you're, you're, you weren't, you're not fine. I don't believe that. James, it was fine. You know what's crazy too? I got like... A tiny little, like, ingrown hair, and I fucking popped it, and that got, like, a tiny little scab on my dick, and that, w- that actually hurt worse than me cutting it. 
That was worse. Bro, like... I mean, I'm down for a lot of stuff, but this like BME Pain Olympics thing—that's not—that's not my jam. What am I supposed to do if I if you get ingrown hair, you pop it? I'm not even I'm not even talking about that. The fact that you're like saying that it didn't hurt that bad whenever you sliced into your dick, like I don't I I'm not I'm not on board with this part of the podcast. It Let did it be not... known. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad? Okay. Okay. Wonder wonder if the tire would feel it if it if it cut its own dick. Does it have it doesn't really have a dick, but like I guess it's valve stem. The tire doesn't have a dick and I don't even know if it has a valve stem. It's unbranded. It is unbranded. You're not They made that very clear. <laughs> Can we talk about um there's one point where the cop, like, okay, so they think that they killed all of the audience, so I guess they just keep putting on this movie, which I don't know what their reasoning for killing the audience is every time. I guess it's just so they can keep showing this. I don't know if yeah. they're doing it, like, for the fee, because they want to make some quick buck, or, like, they're just having fun with this whole thing, but pretty much they bring people to the sand theater, and then they kill them with poison turkey, and then he tells everyone, like, okay, the movie's over, we don't have to continue this, and then once everyone dies because of the poison turkey, that's when the tire disappears, and then it comes back to live its life again later, but... Since one of the, um, there's like this wheelchair guy and I think he's like deaf or blind or something like that. And he didn't eat the turkey. So he survives. So now the movie keeps going. And there's this point where the cop pulls up next to all the other cops. He's like, all right, guys. So you can kill me because, you know, none of this is happening. This isn't real. You can all go home. And then they're like, no, this is real life. And he looks at one of them. He's like, that's, this isn't real life. You have a stuffed toy alligator under your arm. Like, this isn't real. <laughs> and then you look and the guy has a, a toy alligator. He's like, yeah, so? Like, I always have this. <laughs> yeah, because he looks down at it and then he looks back at the guy. He's like, what's your fucking point, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we do know that there's at least one other character that we don't see who they think I think we only have heard him referred to as master because whenever the I thought that was a cop bicycle guy I don't think he was talking to the cop. Oh. I don't think so. We don't know for sure, but whenever he was t- like getting ready to prepare the turkey, he talks on the phone to someone. And I think that's like an outside figure who might be like in charge of everything or like pulling all the strings. This movie also kind of gives me like cabin in the woods vibes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but I assumed that the cop was the master. He seemed like he was pulling the strings to everything. It it could have been, but in in my mind he's more of like maybe he like is the manager of the franchise restaurant, but like there's still an owner. Like like that's kind of how I see it. Because I think that there's there's parts of this universe that he might not fully understand. Who's the guy you call in that Spy Girls movie? <laughs> the three girls. What? The the three girls. Uh, one, uh, Neve Campbell's one of them. They call them. And they're like, "Hey, guy, what's our next task?" Jonesy. Spy Girls. <laughs> um. Uh, about Charlie's Angels? Yeah, yeah, that thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> Spy Girls. <laughs> Who do they call? Jonesy? I don't know. I know I know what you mean though. And yes, I think that there's another there's a there's a outside character. He was uh, in the movie wasn't <laughs> What's it? What's his uh, name? Is it Jonesy? <laughs> fuck. In the movie wasn't it uh shit. Jabrani? B- was it was it Bernie Mac in the movie? Or Bill Murray? Those are two different people. That's a black man and a white man. No, I know that. God damn it. They're both in the movie, but I've, I've only seen it like once. I don't remember which character was which actor. Fuck, the Fonz? <laughs> I can't remember what guy it was. Was it Henry Winkler? Anyways, so, so in my mind, there's like someone else out there. And for whatever reason, I think that the like the police chief guy has like developed this like poison turkey system to where like he knows that like the movie can go on but very clearly has he figured out a way that's pretty foolproof most of the time so they don't have to go past a certain point but why do they have this movie at all well no reason 
Uh, but oh. I don't think that that is supposed to be something that can be figured out. It clearly has to do with like killing the viewers somehow. And or, or because their character's written into a movie, maybe they have no actual free will because they were written. So if they don't do the movie, then they cease to exist. That's also a possibility. Why are we discussing this and trying to make points out of this when the movie started off saying that there's no reason for anything? I just realized that and I completely forgot that. That's what's so kind of brilliant about this fucking movie. I mean, there's literally one point where, like, he's trying to convince all the other cops to go home, and he looks at one of them, and they see a corpse over in the corner. He's like, yeah, go slap her a little bit. That's not a dead body. And she's like, no, this person is dead. And he's like, just just slap her a little bit. You'll see. And then she's like, she has no head. Which is, it kind of brings us back to the Twilight Zone thing, because it almost ends up being sort of a reverse Twilight Zone, where, like, the cop was our Rod Serling character, or at least we thought he was, because he was, like, explaining how everything works, and he's kind of like the man behind the curtain or whatever. But then the fucking, uh, like, army vet guy in the wheelchair who just refuses to die and just wants to watch the fucking movie, he kind of forces the police chief to become, like, the the main character of like a Twilight Zone episode where he's like, no, this is supposed to be over, but like now we have to keep going. And like he's like the guy who breaks his glasses or the guy, you know, uh, who sees the gremlin on the, the plane or the guy who gets stuck in time or whatever. Like he becomes that guy. No, no, no. I think he's it, I think it's episode two of Twilight Zone. But there's this one stubborn old guy who's like selling toys on the side of the road. And then death comes in. And yeah. He's like, hey, dude, you got to die. And then he's he's like, this show's over. And the guy's like, no, we're going to keep going. I'm going to go go over here. And he's like, no, dude, I'm death. Like, I can follow you. Like, you can't fly anywhere. Like, this, <laughs> this is over. This is done. The guy's like, no, 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 I'm going to keep going. And that's literally this character watching this movie. Yeah, for sure. Like, he has this mindset of like, if I if I don't die, if I don't eat the poison turkey, because somehow he figured that it was poisoned, he's, he's like so like just fucking rebelliously not accepting death, which means that the movie has to keep going. And at one point, they even forget what happens next, and they're like reading lines off of a piece of paper and shit. <laughs> and they're trying to end this movie so bad, like one of the assistant guys come up, comes over to him, and he has like chocolate eclairs, and like fucking, he says, um... Uh, velvet flavored white asparagus, which I'm going to say, I don't know what the fuck that is or what that means, but you know, <laughs> if your roses are red and my violets are blue, then I'll eat that fucking white asparagus or whatever the poem is. Let's go. And then he's like, okay, so eat these chocolate eclairs and whatnot. And the guy's like, yeah, no, I'm good. And then the guy actually forgets that he's trying to get this guy to eat the poison eclairs. So he sits down. And that's when he tells a story about, like, you know, killing his brother with a rock and shit. And then yeah. he's just eating the eclairs while he's doing this. And then he's like, wait, does your stomach hurt a little bit? And I was like, at first we were watching it. We're like, is he eating that poison stuff? And we're like, nah, probably not because he's just casually eating it. And then he's like, wait, I'm dying. And we're like, oh, no, you ate all of that poison. And, bro, I'm just saying I... Again, just this fucking actor went full send. Like, obviously, I don't know what it actually looks like if someone is dying because they ate some form of poison. But like this, he takes this scene very seriously. I don't think it's overacted. It, it's shockingly fucking good. It's way more than I expected out of a movie about a fucking psychic tire. I'm not going to lie, James. I think you were way more into that death scene than I was because I think it was terrible. <laughs> it was not terrible. It was not terrible. It was fucking good. It was uncomfortable. Like, I was like, I, I was like, oh, shit, I'm watching this guy's insides burn. No, I did not think that at all. I was like, I watched some guy oh, who just dude. fucking ate a fucking chocolate eclair that he, know, that he knew had poison in it start to die because of said poison. Nah, dude, I watched him burn from the inside with my own fucking eyes. <laughs> You're fucking insane for thinking that. <laughs> That's so absurd. He did great. The part that I did like, though, is when he is, like, talking to the guy, and he's like, hey, dude, so, you know, just, you could go now, you know, this movie doesn't really have an end. You don't need to keep watching. Like, it's just going to keep going. And the guy's like, no, I'm good. I'm going to keep watching. And I was like, oh, so that's what everyone hears from me. When I'm sitting there watching Spider-Man 3 for the fourth time in a row. He specifically says, the, the guy says, there's no end. And he's like, that's okay. I'll watch it anyway. I like it. 
<laughs> and that's how I feel. I've like I have this one friend who just hates Spider-Man three more than anything in the world. She thinks I'm the biggest idiot in the world for liking it. And there was a time where I almost, um, me and Brie actually almost went to live with her, and I was like, you know, if I live with you. I'm just going to buy a giant flat screen TV and I'm going to like affix it to the ceiling and I'm going to be playing Spider-Man 3 24-7 every day. <laughs> and that's something I still want to do, actually. Like my my goal in life is just to have one studio in my house, like an extra room in my house that just has a giant screen on the wall. Or actually, well, preferably like um, kind of like a, um, a projectors, like projectors on each right. wall of the room, and it's just Spider-Man 3 on every single side of you with the audio and video always playing every second of every day. Well, they Okay, so they'll be completely synced up? Yeah, they'll all be completely synced up, and you if you go in that room, gotcha. you are just filled. And actually, I'm going to go a step further. Put on the ceiling, too, so every single wall in the room is Spider-Man 3. You just, you just lay on the floor in the room? Yeah, you could just lay in there and complete... Actually, I want to do... Um, one of those, like, uh, what are those, not self-deprivation, self, uh, uh, what's that thing that they did in Stranger Things where you lay in that giant pool? Uh, sensory, sensory deprivation. Sensory deprivation. Yeah, yeah, I want to do a sensory deprivation, but with Spider-Man 3 all around me. It's the only thing that your body will be able to sense is Spider-Man yes. 3. Spider-Man 3. Got it. So, like, you ha you'll you still have, like, the pool and stuff, but you you'll have to be able to hear, so, like, maybe, like, just your head stays above water so that your ears aren't blocked but like you have to have like the salt in the water so you still feel weightless but your your visuals and your auditory is just spider-man 3 and nothing else yeah basically i want to i want to end this experiment with spider-man 3 and my bloodstream <laughs> i'm actually going to end this whole thing by grinding up spider-man 3 in a blender and injecting it directly into my bloodstream ew well actually i would never do that because I, I can't grind a copy of spider-man 3 that's pretty disrespectful <laughs> but yeah that's how i feel you know what i would i would like to have a screen where i just play rubber on a loop so remember that one scene where all those cops are trying to figure out like um the description of the tire like they're going through the basics and they're like oh yeah so what brand of tire is it they're like unbranded you know we don't know yet probably brandless i don't know and then they keep moving on and then one of the cops is like is is it black <laughs> and the whole room just went silent as fuck like every cop just kind of stood there and like just emotionless and kind of looked at each other and i was like you guys did not just do that it was a very very self-aware joke uh <laughs> and i kind of loved it i really kind of loved it so what are you gonna do to that tire officer sir <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you going to do with this information, you piece of shit? It's like, first of all, you probably knew what color the tire was, my guy. Second of all, how does that change your approach in apprehending said tire? Would it have been different if you didn't ask the question? I don't think so. A real piece of work, this guy. What if it had white sidewalls? Got a mixed tire in here? Like those, like those hot rod tires, you know? So what I want to talk about is the Great Tire War of 1973. Oh, shit. That's rough. And this is, again, where we, we see you could also take a look at this movie as, uh, you know, that like storytelling thing that they do. It's like a it's like a circle. It's called like the hero's journey. And it's like every hero has to like like protagonist character has to like go through all of these things to like make a story like once they complete the cycle like that's a whole movie or whatever. Yeah, you need you the could drama. probably map that out. You could probably map that out directly to this film with the tire being the hero. The tire experience is the full hero's journey. There's two sides of every card. On one side of the card, you see a tire blowing the heads off of people, and on the other side, you see. The tire's entire lineage being burnt right before his eyes. Seriously. I mean, dude, that guy, like, he really experienced some shit that day, and that makes me wonder, too, what if the movie's gone on before and he's experienced this in past lives? Yeah, I mean, this is this is his call to adventure in the hero's journey. He's not just rolling around anymore. Like, he has purpose now. Yeah, and his purpose is to just, like, roll down the street three days later and blow up every single person's head he comes by. Gotta avenge the death of his brethren. And I will say, that blood was, like, really dark-looking, and it looked very real and gross. The gore is good. 
Dude, every, like, person that they had just laying on the ground with their head exploded, like, you see the chunks of their head and everything, like, where it blew up, and I'm like, those are good, exploded heads. Looks fucking awesome. And then, uh, after a while, you know, the cops, they're kind of bored with the movie, so they start playing chess. I think one of them cheats, which was very... I didn't like that part of the movie. And then, uh, they get a call, and they're like, hey, we just found the tire inside of the house watching TV. What should we do? And I, I just like just just like grabbing that statement and just like putting it on a T-shirt seems very, very much what someone should do. I, I also can't believe that didn't come from an episode of South Park. Like I just that just sounds right. <laughs> just like Randy sitting on a couch like with a tire that he's hanging out with. Yes. Like it stands like Dad, yes. what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, you know, this is just my friend. <laughs> New thing I'm doing. And then, and then the tire, like, gets up and goes to the fridge and gets a beer. And you're just like, oh, okay. And then they never discuss it again. Like, it's definitely something that would happen in a South Park episode. <laughs> Actually, I feel like it wouldn't even be like, hey, Randy, like, hey, Dad, what are you doing with that tire? He would just walk in. Randy would be sitting there on the couch with the tire. The tire would go and get a beer. And Stan would just look at him and walk by <laughs> and just, like, go upstairs. <laughs> Dude, Loki, I think Randy's my favorite character in South Park. Oh, Randy's easily my favorite character in South Park, without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. I've mean, never really thought about it before. It's like, oh, you watch South Park for the kids, you know? And, like, you just bringing this up is like bringing up just so many episodes of of Randy shit. And I'm just like, god damn it. That, they write that character really well. Dude, I'm still really disappointed that I forgot about the fact that I wanted a Randy Butterfly tramp stamp when I got my back tattoo, because I feel like that was a really big missed opportunity. I, like, there's that episode where he's trying to get Butterfly Poon in the fucking sim in the Inception simulation, <laughs> and I was going to get that, like, tattooed right above my fucking ass, like a little Randy tramp stamp, and I really regret not doing that. Like, now I can't really do it. I regret that you, you didn't do that. Do you have anything, like, right above your junk? Uh, no, I guess I could do it there. There you go. Perfect. If I was going to get Randy right above my junk, though, I would get, um, Randy dressed as Lord rubbing his clit on stage. <laughs> He's like, oh, my clit's so big. <laughs> I would get, I would get that. I would get him doing that motion of like, you know, spread eagle, hand <laughs> in between shit. the legs right no, above I, my I junk. I see it. I, I see it. We don't need any more descriptors. And it would say, oh. Oh, my clit's so big. <laughs> yeah, I could get that. I could still get that. I would do that. I would totally do that. Okay, so uh, the tires. If you want to pay for it, I'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll do it. If you pay my way, I'll go get it like tomorrow. <laughs> That's fine. Oh shit! I'm not even. I don't even have money for for my own tattoo. I'm not. I'm not paying for yours. Well, then I'm putting this down in the universe. If anyone wants to see me do that, send me the money and I'll go fucking get it done. Maybe after the stimulus checks rolls in, you might have better luck. All right, buddy. Let me know. <laughs> so, I mean, the movie's pretty much done. You get a mannequin um, that I thought was a real person. James seemed to get a kick out of that. Uh, it looked real to me. <laughs> Look, dude, I'm not around that many people. I'm happy for you that that's all it takes to approximate human existence like I, I i just i feel like i don't have to worry about you you know like like you'll be fine with your little mannequin head back there and and you don't need anything else in life you'll be fine no dude i mean if the world ends right now i could just have a conversation with any given inanimate object around me and i'd do perfectly great you were like they're just gonna send this guy in there like a suicide bomber what did she do <laughs> she's like it's a fucking mannequin guy <laughs> Well, I said, oh, <laughs> I wasn't aware. I thought it was a person, but that's fine. It's not a suicide bomber. It's a mannequin. And then they have some like speaker affix to the mannequin and then they have this girl going, come on. You know, I've been very naughty. Come punish me. Do you think I'm sexy? Be a good boy. Blow my head off, you little slut. It, none of it makes any sense. At first, it's like beckoning it to come closer, and then it's like, "Yeah, we should fuck," and then it's like, "Kill me," and I'm like, "Wait, what? <laughs> we're just we're really all over the page here." Well, the girl even says something about it at one point, and the cop kind of like says some weird comment that makes us think like, "Oh, so you wrote this? That's why it's so odd." Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the cop is like writing the script at this point because they never make it this far in the movie. I mean, this weird fuck is just like. He's just writing this stuff down because he wants this 
unaware girl to say some of his uh some of his he's trying to fulfill his <laughs> fantasies is what i'm saying it's also uh we also missed there's a three-day jump here so this movie's been going on three days now well that was when the fucking tire went on that killing rampage we just saw like 10 bodies right, laying yeah. around that was after the tire massacre yeah right after the tire massacre but yeah, we're pretty much at the end of this. Um, the moviegoer complains about the movie ending, and the cop's like, I've had it with this fucking tire. So he walks into the room, and then he comes out with just the tire just, like, destroyed. Like, it looks like a tire just blew up on the side of the road. Yeah, it just, like, rips it in half. Yeah, the guy's like, that's it? Like, no explosions or anything? And then he's like, nope, that's it, I'm done. And then a tricycle rolls out, and the guy's like, hey, it's not over yet. It's been reincarnated as a tricycle. <laughs> Which is just so, Such again, a good line. like... It's such a good line, but it's also kind of kind of meta in the fact that this was a horror movie and like stupid shit like this happens in horror movies and a, the audience is expected to just be like, yeah, you know, like Michael Myers, Cult of Thorn now. Sure. Whatever. Like there's another one. Let's watch the Let's watch the sequel. And the way that that guy is literally just looking at the tricycle and looking back at the cop like, hey, it's almost like the audience looking at the director going, hey, it's being reincarnated. Are you sure you were trying to do this? Do you know what's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, the the cop like killing off the the tire the way that he did and kind of like just getting fed up and storming storming off is kind of what John Carpenter did. That's with every director that's getting tired of a series, and they're like, all right, we're killing this fuck off. There's no way they're coming back. And then it's another director coming in going, hey, this movie's still going. And everyone's like, what the fuck? How did you do? Yeah. He was dead. Nope, now it's a tricycle. <laughs> that's actually, you know what? That was really funny when I watched it, but now that we're like just kind of playing that out, and yeah, that's actually so much funnier than I thought it was. Dude, it's fucking great. That's actually fucking... You know what? I'm not gonna lie. This, like, last 10, 15 minutes of this conversation, I just bumped this up a star. Yeah! I actually like this a little more now that I'm like... Fuck you, Lost Boys! Dude, like, I knew this was clever when we were watching. I was like, oh, this is really good. We were talking about it. But now that we're, like, talking about it and not watching it at the same time, I'm like, wait, that is way more clever than I thought it was. It's really smart. And I'm gonna be really pissed if, like the director were to ever come out and be like, oh, no, no, I didn't I didn't have any of those kind of intentions. It literally just has no no point. And I just, like, ascribed all of this, like, like commentary to all of these choices. Yeah, that would be very <laughs> genuinely disappointing. But as is, I think, I think they got something going on here. I really do. So then, you know, now it's a tricycle in this man. The guy starts trying to, like, talk to the tricycle he's like hey you can't fuck with me like i'm just a watcher i'm not a part of this you can't like mess with me and then yeah. the tricycle blows his head up i feel like you just blowed everything up it's like it's like we're not doing just heads anymore now it's just everything about you like that guy was just chunks yeah he was destroyed and i feel like that was also like okay so if the whole thing is you know them taking out the fucking main part of the movie and going this is done and then the tricycle coming back is them saying, okay, now this movie is back. This tricycle blowing up the audience member's head is literally the director saying, hey, fuck you, he's back, deal with it. <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't... I don't care if I make you upset. I don't care if I hurt your feelings. Like, oh, but I'm I'm the audience. I'm a fan. You're not like, no, fuck you. We don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> And then where does the tricycle go next, Caleb? The tricycle hires his boys because, you know, his boys go everywhere with him. And then he takes his boys to go invade Hollywood. <laughs> so it starts off as like an indie film. And then they they kill off the indie film because they're like, no, audience, we've had enough of this. It's time to say goodbye. And then the audience is like, no, but look, you're rebooting it. And it's like, yeah, we're rebooting it in fucking Hollywood and it's going to suck ass. <laughs> it's fucking child's play. It, they, they, they fucking they fucking called child's play like they called the child's play remake. I am changing my letterbox review right now. Um <laughs> Hell yeah! Fucking rubber, my man! And that's how rubber ends. That's it. A tricycle and an army of tires standing outside of Hollywood. Yeah, that was fucking incredible. And like I said, we had 30 kills. We had like a rabbit kill, a tarantula, a scorpion, a water bottle, a glass bottle, 
um, other random things. And then I want to say that there were zero boobs, but there was a time where they kind of mentioned boobs. They said they saw boobs, and you kind of see a girl in the shower and her side profile. So maybe if you really zoom in, there is a boob in this, but I didn't really see it easily so i'm gonna say no boobs yeah it depends on your uh depends on your definition of boob i think we definitely got some side boob i'm not sure we got any actual nipple yeah i'm not positive it kind of seemed like she turned and there was but i don't know i'm not sure maybe so i think uh, yeah we would recommend this i would definitely recommend this movie because i think that you could watch it two ways and you would still have a good time you could just like get really drunk with some friends and watch this movie and just laugh at it or you could watch it and try to pick up on some of that nuance that I do really think is there. I rate this a three and a half star movie. Dude, I actually, I rated this two and a half stars, but I just bumped it up a star and a half. I'm going to give it a four. In my mind, I want to give it a four. <laughs> I was going to say four, but I didn't want to get made fun of for giving rubber four stars. Uh, so I'm going to keep my three and a half. I'm going to stay true to it because it is kind of a weird movie. It's definitely offbeat. Uh, so if that's not your thing, you might not like it. But I like offbeat movies, so I really, really loved it. Actually, I'm back down to three and a half because I'm thinking about how... I wanted to bump it up a star and we're talking about it. And then you saying what you said right now. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It did sway me a little bit because in the beginning I gave it two and a half. And I feel like bumping it up a star and a half after the conversation doesn't make sense. Because if I gave it a two and a half because I kind of got bored from like the long scenes, those are probably the things that when I rewatched it would make me bump it back down again. (laughs) I would just say that this movie has a lot more in common with like, uh, like, kind of quirky like Wes Anderson comedy than it does you know like typical B-movie horror yeah I'd say that I don't watch Wes Anderson movies (laughs) you've never seen any of them never seen any all right, new podcast. Not doing <laughs> come, it. Come, coming out next month. <laughs> Let's do the fuck, Mary kill. You ready, James? <clears throat> sure. You have the tire, the tricycle, or me. And me. Um, the, tricycle, the tricycle seems very powerful, so I will marry the tricycle. Um, I will kill you, and I will fuck the tire, because it will be basically impossible, right? My dick's um, not that big. You're gonna have to do the closet situation with a magazine. It has a. It's got a very large hole. I think you're gonna have to make a new one. Oh, that could be painful. Yeah, especially because tires have like steel inside them, and that's rubber, guys. Rubber. So, uh, tell the people what you're about, James. Uh, yeah, my name is James. I do a show called Night Shift Video. You can find it at Night Shift Video. We talk about. Uh, horror movies, paranormal shit. Um, I mean, yeah, just uh, anything kind of like weird, creepy, or nostalgic. That's us. And then um, me and James do a collaboration show called Suck Your Blood, which you can find on our feeds. We cover vampire movies and whatnot. And uh, as for my stuff, uh, I am Soup. And if you want access to Soup, you can go to patreon.com slash soup. You can donate as little as $1 to gain access to bonus episodes and polls and many more. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Horrorsoup. Um, Twitter at Sucks. I'm on Letterboxd doing movie reviews like this one at Caleb. And, uh, yeah, yeah. James, send us out. Okay, bye. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror give me, give me horror give it, give it horror soup. Would you like some bread? I'll do you a slice with a pinch of salt. It'll taste really nice. You've done really well, cause this stuff tastes just like hell. Swallow it down, it'll fill up a hole. Stick out your tongue and look out your bowl. We're having a bite with creatures of the night. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it. Horror soup, horror soup. Horror soup. We'll keep you well fed It's gorgeous smell Could wake the dead Vegetable is just forgettable If your energy's low You know what to do Simply double on down